everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Freedom Caucus podcast. We welcome you on board. And I'm really looking forward to today's program. You know, when you talk about politics, politics really is, if you can put it this way, the competition of ideas where different people from different parts of the country come together. We debate issues based upon ideas and representation from various districts. And as we are watching right now, all of us with anticipation as to what's going to ultimately happen, the presidential race, there are two primary ideas that are being competed on the national stage politically, and that is freedom versus socialism. And they are worlds apart. Of course, uh, those of us who are freedom lovers, uh, we, we believe everyone's created equally and we have the right to pursue our dreams, our uh, aspirations and so forth, and that government needs to stay as much as possible out of the way for those things to happen. Now, obviously government is important, but in a free society, the government is limited and we have maximum ability to pursue our dreams. Socialism, on the other hand, is just the opposite. It really uh, does away with the freedoms that people enjoy largely and the major decisions in our lives are actually made by the government, for, by some dictator or whomever far away uh, with whom we have no real relationship with. But we're going to talk about the differences here between freedom and socialism. Joining me today, someone who's not a stranger to this program, Dr. Andy Harris from Maryland, a great representative here in Congress, a member of the Freedom Caucus, a dear friend, but he has very special roots and a story about socialism. So first of all, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Always great to have you. Always good to be on the podcast. Well, listen, let's, uh, you, you, let's begin with your story. It really begins with your parents. That's uh, they, right. They came here from a socialist country. Yeah, they, so look, tell they, us the story. Yes, they fled communism after World War II. And basically, communism is just a form of socialism. It's one of the forms. Uh, socialism takes many forms. It's one of them. They understood, uh, because of their experience and their family's experience, how bad it is in a socialist country and how good it is. And they understand, as they lived out their lives here, how good it is under our system. And how long have they been here now? Uh, since 1950. So my father passed away a few years ago. My mother's now been here 70 years. Uh, obviously the majority of her life, and uh, there is no comparison to, to, to the way we live and to the way with our freedoms and liberties and our economic prosperity contrasted with those countries that they fled from behind the Iron Curtain, which had neither freedom nor liberty nor prosperity. There was just wow. no advantage. You know, I can't imagine the kind of stories you heard growing up uh, and, and what was instilled in you as a result of that as, as to the, the freedoms uh, that we enjoy and the blessings that those freedoms are. Oh, absolutely. No question about it. When, when you let government get out of control, it controls every part of your life. You know, Jody, during my town halls, at the end of each town hall, I say, you know, what's amazing about this country is my parents came from countries where if you stood up to a government official and criticized them, you wouldn't be going home that night. You'd be going to jail. Wow. The bottom line is when you have the government get in, get in control of all the machinations of the country, uh, it doesn't end well. It never has in history, whether it's Venezuela, Cuba, uh, the former Soviet Union, it doesn't end well. Great point. I mean, socialism has never worked. And yet we have this great push for it here as though somehow if we accomplish it here, we're going to be different from every other attempt. So, so let's talk about this a little bit. What are some of the, the specific threats 
that socialism would pay would pose on Americans as general uh, our our way of life. What sure. Would, what would change? Well, Jody, you know, uh, socialism uh, implies uh, there really is a lack of competition under socialism because the government controls all means of production. It's a monopoly. Uh, there's no free market. Americans understand a free market. They understand that competition drives down prices. It makes it means that your income goes further because of competition. And you can take examples. Look, we have some some elements of socialism in this country. For instance, we're in Washington D.C. If you go to the railroad station here. The only passenger train you can take is owned by the government. It's Amtrak. And the ticket prices are actually pretty high because there's no competition. If you go down the block and you get on a bus to go somewhere, there are buses, and I see them driving down the road, you know, fares as low as $1. Why? Because there's competition. Mm. So, you know, Americans understand that competition drives down prices and that uh, economic liberty is, uh, is as important as our freedoms, and they understand how, how big an advantage is to Americans. You know, as I look at the, the battle that's taking place right now in the discussion realm, the debate realm, if, if you will, it seems as though, and maybe this is the only way that they can try to accomplish bringing socialism to America, but it seems as though the attempt is to try to cherry-pick this thing, and so we're going to have certain programs or certain parts of our life that will be ruled by socialist policies while they can still say we're free. Can can you cherry pick this thing? No, you're absolutely right. And the interesting thing is one of the things they cherry pick is actually health care for socialism. Now, I will tell you, I'm a physician. I've practiced for, you know, 40 years. Uh, I've practiced in all systems. I was in the military, so I've practiced in a government-run system. I've practiced in a VA system. I've practiced in private systems. Uh, the bottom line is that, is that socialized medicine just doesn't deliver the level of care that Americans expect and deserve. You can look at the cancer survival rates, and you look at socialized nations of, like England, where the cancer survival rates are 60% worse than they are in the United States because access wow. is limited. That's a, that's a powerful statistic. It is very powerful, yeah. and, and I urge everyone to look at those statistics of, of something as simple and, and, and could touch potentially every American family like cancer survival and realize that when you go to socialized uh, programs where there is no competition, where there in fact is rationing by the government, that the quality suffers. There's no question about it. And the interesting thing is that the socialists, uh, whether it's on the presidential campaign trail or some of the socialists we have in Congress, what they talk about is if we could only socialize health care, it would be better for everyone. All I ask them is look at the data from Canada right across the border. Yeah, they spend less in Canada, and they get a whole lot less health care in Canada. The waiting lines are long. If you need, God forbid, you need a knee or hip replacement, you better have a supply of Motrin or, or aspirin or Tylenol at home because you, you're suffering for a year or so until you get that uh, operation. Wow. Well, that's, this is one reason that I wanted you on the program today, Andy, because you are a doctor. You know what it is to operate uh, and to utilize your skills to help people who are suffering in whatever physical ailment, and you also know how to do that within a free society. But you also have the roots that have seen it uh, run in socialism. So here we are watching on the stage all these presidential candidates. Maybe I'm wrong. It appears to me every one of them ultimately are in favor of socialized medicine, and I may be wrong on that, but just going the ones that pop through my mind right now, Prime example, Bernie. All right, so Bernie, Bernie's out there. He's bold. He's in your face. We need socialized medicine. On the surface, that sounds good because it's free. 
Everybody wants free care. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but what does socialized medicine, what would it look like in America? What, what's kind of an example people can wrap their mind around? Well, it would be waiting lines. Look, we don't have to, we can look for examples to those areas of medicine uh, that are currently, and I'll put it in quotes, socialized. So, for instance, the VA is a perfect example. Okay. Uh, you know, there are, I mean, many veterans who are disappointed in the VA because you're a, just a number in line to wait in line. And we know that people actually have died in waiting lines at the VA, waiting for an appointment. Uh, that, yeah. that the government makes, you know, the, these, government, these government VA employees made up numbers, you know, to, to look good on paper. Well, that's, that's what happens when, you, when there's no accountability to the, to the free market. Uh, so, yes, and, and to President Trump's credit, he made some reforms in the VA system that actually have gone away from a socialized VA system where now veterans Great have the point. choice. Yeah. They have the choice to go into the private system. And when that happens, everyone benefits because the VA system now, with competition, gets better. Without great. that competition, never gets better. Yeah, that's a that's a great example, and I'm sure your district is very much like the tenth in Georgia, far and away. Uh, we we have tens and tens and tens of thousands of veterans. Far and away, the number one issue that they bring to our office is problems with the VA, the long lines, the poor uh, communication with the doctors. Uh, I mean, it goes on and on and on. We could talk about, but that is you're saying that that is a great example. Uh, in our country of what socialized medicine would look like. In other words, if yep. people want socialized medicine, they want to know what it's like, they need look no further than the VA. Yeah, ask a veteran. And again, I've met many veterans who like the system. They had a good experience. Just like if you yeah, go to Canada, sure. there are many who like the system. But the people who really need, uh, who use the system a lot, uh, they tend to believe that that system has failed. And so we don't need to look any further than, than our, our own government-run system. And again, to President Trump's credit, he's done major reforms, all in a good direction, all by moving it away from a government-run sole source, you know, into letting, giving veterans the choice to go into the free market. Yeah, and, and really when you bring this right down to it, the government cannot run anything better than private citizens who, uh, uh, it's hard to name anything that the government runs well. I mean, let's face it. I. I uh, they just the more they get involved, uh, the the less quality uh, that there is. Now, when we're talking about this whole attraction of socialism, it's all focused around services being offered for free, whether we're talking school, whether we're talking healthcare, whatever it may be. And free is kind of hard to run against, to be honest. I mean. The idea of free, but in reality, there is first of all nothing that's free. Uh, so let's go go down this this path. What what is the flaw with the attraction of free being associated uh, with whatever socialism is offering? Well, you're absolutely right. The people who offer it use the word free. Uh, in in America, the word free means there there's no cost at all. Uh, but, of course, we know that's not true. There is right. a cost. And, in fact, when the government runs the program, it's frequently run much less efficiently than the private sector. But, you know, I asked the question when people say, well, what about free college? Shouldn't we have free college? I said, yeah, as soon as all college professors say they'll, take, they'll have no income. That's they'll right. they'll, they'll that's accept right. no salary. All the employees you see on a college campus accept no salary. The, the maintenance workers, the janitors, no salary. Then it's truly free. Uh, that's not possible. So someone pays for it. And the bottom line is uh, that it will be paid for by higher taxes. That's the bottom line. So the question comes down to whether Americans think they're taxed enough or not. 
And if you ask the majority of Americans, most of them say, our taxes are plenty high. We don't, we don't need higher taxes. Now, there are a minority who believe that the tax, uh, and I'm sure Bernie's an example, that taxes should be higher. I think they believe they should be higher across the board. And, and this idea that somehow you can only tax the top 1% and pay for a Medicare for all system, plus free college tuition, plus all there's the other free things, money there's not enough do. money to go around. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think Americans get it. Uh, they understand that we don't have a tax problem, we have a spending problem. Absolutely, absolutely we do. So we, we, those of us in the Freedom Caucus, freedom-loving Americans all across the country, somehow we've got to do a better job at communicating the power of what real political freedom is in our country. I, I fear that we are losing an upcoming generation, uh, largely through our educational system or whatever, that that really is brainwashing kids in a lot of institutions about socialistic ideas and this type of thing, and not even bringing up free enterprise, capitalism. Uh, those words are associated with greed, with self-centeredness, and yet the left seems to be winning this battle that free enterprise, capitalism is all about greed when it's not that's about a, that. That's so how do we educate? Yeah. What, what needs to happen to... Uh, show Americans the contrast. Look, in, in the end, uh, the young people who uh, somehow believe the false promises of socialism uh, just have to, have to enter the free market system, get a job, start getting those payroll taxes deducted from their paycheck and those income taxes, and then if they're successful, then start to realize that, you know, I'm going to be asked to pay for my child's college education, but somebody's offering someone else a free college. That's not free. I'm going to have to end up paying for my child and that other right. child. I work hard for a living. So actually, the, the best cure for that is actually a, a, a job and success. Because when someone works hard in this country, if you work hard, the idea is that you will be rewarded. And you don't, you're not, the reward is not to go and support someone who's not willing to work hard. Right. I mean, we do have, in essence, a meritocracy. If you work hard, you're rewarded. And if you don't work hard, there should be no reward. We should reward hard work, not no work. Yeah. And that's the idea behind, again, work requirements for, look, we're a generous nation. We have uh, programs uh, you know, that, that some people would call kind of socialist programs where we have support for people who are less fortunate. But we believe that that support should not be forever. And if you're able-bodied, our best way to help you is not to give you support from the government. It's actually for the government to help you and encourage you to get a job. And, and to pursue your dreams. And really, that, that what you're talking about is right at the, the heart of our, underst our understanding of the pursuit of happiness. It is that your hard labor, your work, enables you to pursue those things that are important to you. Uh, and pr private property ownership and... Uh, all these type of things are part of that, but socialism enters into the scene, and it's the redistribution of wealth. So your hard work is not going to be left to you necessarily for you to pursue your dreams and your happiness, but the government steps in and takes those efforts, the, the results of your efforts, and redistributes it. I mean, that's miserable. Uh, that's absolutely right, and, and I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head. The bottom line is that uh, the human spirit is toward uh, success, independence, uh, the accomplishment, and every time the government, whether it's through socialism or communism, tries to beat that down, I think they're going against human nature. I think human nature is, uh, look, I'm compassionate, I will help someone else, but if I work hard, I should maintain the, the, the fruits of my labor. 
Uh, and that, that's an encouragement to work hard, which is good for the soul. I mean, this is, this is, is. This is a basic, uh, basic difference in the way I think socialists and, and, uh, and I'll call, say capitalists, but it's kind of free market people, they, they have a different approach. Uh, the socialist believes somehow that the state is the highest is the highest form of uh, of goodness, and the the other person the other uh, people believe that a free person is that uh, the freedom of spirit is uh, that, that that that's what the basis of charity should be not forced charity through taxation but voluntary charity. I work hard, I earn a living, and I'm going to voluntarily right. share that with someone else. Right. That's a great sense of accomplishment for the human spirit, it instead is. of the instead of the onerous forced taxation. That's that's extremely well said. Well, Andy, I don't know of anybody that I'd rather have talking about this than you. And I would, I wish we had time to go in some of the stories that you heard growing up about your parents. Oh, they're amazing, and and Americans don't. They really truly have to experience what life is like under a socialist state, where you go to a food store. And there may not be food on the shelves because it's no free market. It's the, it's the government deciding when to stock the shelves and when not to stock the shelves. Wow. And people I mean, here in America, like, we can't even comprehend we, that. No, we can't. No. And the, the value of going to other countries just to see it. Yeah. Uh, you'll come back here and want to kiss the ground. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Absolutely. No well, thank it. you so much yeah. for joining us, Andy. Great to have My you. My pleasure. Well, folks, listen, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. I would encourage you, if you enjoyed this program, I'd ask you to rate it, subscribe it, and uh, you can do so on iTunes or SoundCloud, and we always ask you to do that. Also, you can follow us more intimately, if you will, uh, as a Freedom Caucus on Facebook at facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus, and also at Twitter, simply at Freedom Caucus. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, it's our great honor to have you. Hope the remainder of your day is fantastic. We look forward to seeing you next time.